Hey guys, welcome to episode 142 of Inside the Cage. Mark, how are you this week, my man? I'm good, man. How are you? Ah, all right, all right, all good. Kind of grumble. Weather's nice, you know, looking out the window here. It's nice and sunny. Man, what and a weekend you were in, even though it's Scotland in April, would you? Or March, sorry. I know, I know. Clocks went forward, so we get longer days, more sunlight, so all good, mate. None of this waking up in the dark, going to sleep in the dark, push, you know, it's good. Good no, time to be alive, my man. It makes life so much better, doesn't it? You get that wee bit of extra sun in the morning and stuff like that, and a wee bit of extra at night, mate. It just fucking makes all the difference. I think it's decent when you wake up and it's nice and bright, mate. It's good, and then obviously you can, if you're sitting at nine o'clock and you want to go, you're like, oh, nah, it's a bit dark and dreary outside, but it's nice and bright still at nine o'clock. It's class, man. Well, we'll yeah, but I'll have to get snow this week, so we'll see. Uh, come next week, I'll be fucking pushing down constantly, and it'll feel it night time at night because it's that dark with the clouds. Yeah, man, bang on. Um, okay, guys, so we'll get straight into it. Um, usual format for us this week, we'll look back at the weekend previous. I think we've got UFC and one, if I remember, and then this weekend there's no UFC, so we'll look at some uh, UK stuff. Um, Cage Warriors have a couple of shows on, and then we'll do some fight announcements news at the end. So let's crack on. UFC Blades versus Dawkins review. Obviously... In the name, uh, Blades v. Dawkins, UFC Fight Night 205, UFC on ESPN plus 63, and the first time a fight night has been outside Vegas in the US since fucking 1945 or something like that. Feels like it, doesn't it? It feels like it's been that long, mate. It feels like kind of mental. Um, there were certain fights where I think the crowd thought it had been that long as well. They were getting that aggy after like 30 seconds and there was no yeah. action and they were pure going mental. Was like, some, of it was, chill. some of it wasn't good, mate. Aye, some of the crowd reaction was not good. There was one fight that was particularly bad. Was that... Um, it was Nikolaou Dvorak, was it not? I thought it was Nikolaou Dvorak as well. They were just proper, like, not into it. Or they, boot, they booed Jukasis as well and Borshev straight off the bat, didn't they? I'd um, that and all, but that's what I forget that later. Yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Obviously, this uh, fight night was supposed to be headlined by Jan Blahovic versus Alexander Rakic, um, but Blahovic pulled out. That fight's now actually been remade for the 14th of May, did I say today? Sometime, that was sometime in May, late May, early May. So early May, middle of May, something like that. Um, and then it was obviously Blade versus Chris Dawkins headlined the event, and I think there's been a big emphatic um, exclamation point put on Chris Dawkins' heavyweight career here, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think he showed his... Uh, I don't even know. I'm going to say he showed his deficiencies, but I don't even know if that's the case, because I would have thought wrestling would have been his deficiency, but obviously Curtis Blaze didn't use that in any way, shape or form on Saturday night. There was not even any feints of a takedown. There was nothing... He literally went out there and went, well, I'm just going to stand and I'm just going to fucking knock you out eventually. And it was just weird to watch him cut. I was, I'm just, I'm kind of waiting. I'm kind of going, hey, he's got a date now. Minute to go, I could date now. And he'd just put a stamp on the round and he'll take the first round. No, still, still no knockout. Still, he's knockout, no takedown. No. You going for it's the cut? No. You can't, no, no. All right, okay. It's, it's funny, right? Because I was looking at Blades' record this morning. He's never won by submission. I know he's not necessarily a submission artist, he's a wrestler. And obviously, if you've got a ground and pound finish, but I mean, he knocked Derek Lewis out. He's not Dawkins out. Sorry, he get beat by Derek Lewis. Sorry, take it back. Um, he's only had two like decision wins in his last like five wins or something. 
So usually, it's, it's usually grounding pound. That's what it is. It's yeah. usually a case of right, get you down and just batter fuck on you on the ground. It's yeah. You just don't expect because the stuff so standing and striking need a wee bit of a technical aspect of your game and stuff like that. But you never really get that from. You never really see that side of him. If he does well, use his hands at all, it's usually using his hands to get to the takedown. He had that in spades on Saturday. His striking looked class. That was a mate, big old it really was superb on Saturday night, and I was really surprised how good it was. To be honest, the fucking punch was was absolutely fucking spot on, man. It was an absolute fucking beauty. Yeah, no, I totally agree, mate. I totally agree. Um, I thought Blades looked tremendous. He's just do you know the thing is with Blades, right? I know we've got some big ass dudes in there. Lewis is a big laddie. Obviously, look at Volkov, big laddie, and Garu's a monster. But Blades, there's something about Blades. He's absolutely massive, mate. Like genuinely massive. Huge. He's a, ma- he's a massive human being. He really is a big, big guy. Um, he's a he's a tank, mate. He's a monster. He's huge. He, he, he looks like he should be oh. a heavyweight champion. Of the world. I think the fact there's only like probably one guy bigger than him division, he is the heavyweight champion. Probably tells you everything you kind of need to know. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, then again, you look at his record, right? Blades get beat by Nganu twice and Derek Lewis once. That's it. That's it. You know, Nganu went on to win a title. Nganu, at that point, you know, was not people looking for fun. You think how much better um, Curtis Blades has got since he got beat by Nganu the second time in 2018. I'm pretty sure that was in China, wasn't it? Yeah. I really remember that being in China. Um, you think of how much better he's got. He's lost one fight, and it was, to be fair, it wasn't a lucky punch from Lewis, but there's always that danger with Derek Lewis that he's got that knockout power, and he can do you just in one instance, no problem, right? And I think, if you take that out of there, you know, Blades, you're talking about Blades being like elite level. Um, he made Dawkins look particularly average. Now, okay, the argument could be as maybe Chris Dawkins is average and, you know, Dawkins is maybe going to struggle. But I don't know, man, that just looked like a different animal, Blades. That looked like a different Blades than the Blades I have in my head. It was, mate. There was definitely something different there. There was definitely something has changed. Um with regard to that kind of the way he went into the fight and the mindset and how he went to do it. Um which as I said, it was just strange to begin with for me. Um it's good to see you see the improvement and he's striking also standing up and doing it the way he did it was it was just superb. I I can't say how good it was. I say Chris Dawkins, is he really at that level? Probably not. I think if he got to the top five, I think that was him. I think that was probably as far as Chris Dawkins could go. Um so yeah, knocking out Chris Dawkins, it was a great win. Derek Lewis done it, what, was it that long ago, was it? A few months ago, winter? Yeah. So, look, I, it looked brilliant against Chris Dawkins, but Chris Dawkins is probably where he is now. That's him. If he stays in the top 10, he'll be doing well. Mm-hmm. I think there'll be younger guys coming through who maybe think they could take advantage of Chris Dawkins. Um yeah. But I look, Curtis Wade was superb. Obviously, he called for his interim title shot against uh, Cyril Gann. Um, which I've no massive issues with, to be honest. I think you've got to be looking at something like that for him next because obviously, Tom Aspinall's looks like the Tim and Ty will fight out. Mm-hmm. Um, Stipe, we don't really know what's happening with Stipe. We don't know when he's going to be fighting next. Obviously, Big Frank's out for a while now, so 
I I don't have an issue with that because Curtis Blade probably deserved that wee shot at some point and getting a, a dental title was probably the right thing for him now going forward after that. He's probably the most deserving out of that top five for a, a dental title. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Ty being ranked third is mental to me, but we know why, because he beat Lewis, right? But, I mean, Blade's gone. Interim title belt, I'm up for that, mate. Absolutely, 100%. I think he deserves it. I think Blade's a problem, even for Gan. I know Gan will have the speed, and obviously Gan could downpoint him for 25 minutes, and if it goes that way, that's fine. But if Blade gets a hold of Gan, I know Gan's grappling's good, right? But if Blade gets a hold of Gan, Gan's fucked, you know what I mean? So, well, let's be honest, he, he, that, was, that was proven against Ngannou. It was proven that maybe maybe if Gan gets you down and can do something against you then, he's decent. But maybe off oh, his back, he just doesn't terrible. know what to do. Um, and Big Frank proved that and showed that. So if Curtis gets all the big Cyril and gets him down on his back, then there could be some serious issues for, for Cyril Gann and you could be seeing Curtis Blade as the the next interim heavyweight champion of the world and maybe the big the fight against Frank will get made again. Obviously, it all depends on what happens elsewhere. You've got various other factors. Do you know what I mean? So Big Steve could come back and obviously want his shot and stuff like that. So we'll just need to wait to see how things go with that. It's quite good, man. Like, if you look at that division, right, and pretend you look at, like, maybe the next year of possible fights, it's quite exciting in there. Like, Blades, Aspinall, Lewis, Tuivasa, Gan, winning Ganu's fit again next year. You know, even guys like Pavlovich. Pavlovich jumped up to 11th because he beat Abdurakimov. So, like, you know, you've got these, mate, the next year at heavyweight could be really, really entertaining, even without Ngannou fighting. You know, for the next eight months, nine months, the next year could be brilliant for the heavyweights. And we don't obviously know as well. We don't don't know if it'll ever happen, but there is one man missing off that list. Uh, Mr. Jones? Yes. Yeah, well, we'll wait, we'll wait and see. I'm not holding my breath. No, I wouldn't hold my breath either, but I think if you get him involved in that, it would make that division extremely exciting. I have a question for you. Hit me. So there's a lot of talk online today, or since Saturday, about Chris Dawkins dropping to 205. Can be a simple yes or no answer if you want me to. Is that a realistic target for Chris Dawkins, or would you say no? I mean, he weighed in at what two fifty something. It's a lot of weight to lose. I'm not saying he couldn't lose it; he probably could. But he'd need to probably change his whole lifestyle. It'd be a totally different animal. What do you think? I've always thought he was a. I think the words to describe him here. A chubby, light heavyweight, a heavyweight. <laughs> I'm trying to think, that sounds harsh. Like, you look at the likes of a, a Derek Lewis, say, Derek Lewis is, he's not pure muscly, but I feel like Chris, but he carries the weight well, weirdly. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like Chris Dawkins, there's stuff there that he could probably easily lose. So if he wants yeah. to and he wants to make that change to his lifestyle and making that change to his nutrition, I think he could probably make it. Um, okay, and maybe not so much making it, but I guess making it, he's still young enough, he probably could. It's maybe not as much weight to lose when you're that weight. My guess my question is, should he? Like, well, is he going to be a threat in that division? As For me, that division's got more killers in it than the heavyweights do. That top 10 at light heavyweight is absolutely terrifying. I just don't. I don't see him transitioning that well, mate. To be honest, but if he can, if he can get down, if he can get down to two or five for the fights, but then gets back up to two, two five, two thirty, two thirty five. Maybe he can use 
the advantage that he was a heavyweight at light heavyweight and be the bigger guy going into the fights. Mm. Um, obviously, as you see, we've got some big guys at light heavyweight. There's some big killers in there. I'm just, I think my thing for Chris Dawkins would be going forward that he's had two fights against two guys at the top five. Both of them have finished him convincingly. Yeah. What is left for him at light at heavyweight, really? Yeah. Maybe no, I Maybe if he's a refresh in his career, possibly dropping down to 205 if he can make it, if it's something that he could look to do, is definitely possible. Um, mm-hmm. He's not he's not massive in height. Um, there's, there's probably guys at light heavyweight who are bigger than him. Fuck, I think Adesanya's probably bigger than him. He fights at fucking middleweight. So it's all about whether or not he would want to make that transition and change his nutrition and change his diet, basically change his full life to make 205 to maybe keep himself rel- not relevant, relevant is maybe not the right word, but maybe if he's looking to go towards a title shot again, not that I'm saying he would get that light heavyweight, but maybe if it's having a new run somewhere else to try and get something different to maybe go towards a title shot, because it's, I don't see it happening any time in the near future at heavyweight. Yeah. Mm. Oh, moving swiftly on um, to the co-main, Alexa Grasso versus Joe Joe Wood. Disappointed, but not surprised, perhaps, is the way to go here. Yeah, I think that's probably the best words to sum it up. Um, Maybe surprised by the finish, though, to be fair. Yeah, well, Grasso's done for a box, and that's what she basically, that's what she's all about, isn't she? Um, that's mm-hmm. her bread and butter, probably. Um, it was unfortunate as well because I think Jojo went for a, like a spinning elbow or something like that, didn't she? A spinning back fist, mm-hmm. and she kind of lost her balance. And Grasso got her, and then that was them they were on the deck. And then all of a sudden, boom, it was over. And you're like, again, so disappointing with Jojo. You always feel like there's so far she gets, and then it just kind of there's a wee deficiency in there that lets her down in the end. and Again, that seems to have been the case with regards to this. It seems to be a, a, a wee bit of a ground game again. Silly mistake as well. Doing that spinning, is there any really any need for it? Mm. Was there any need for it at that point? It's not if she was chasing a knockout or anything like that. Just calm down. Um, do what you do and just carry on. Carry on fighting as she... She didn't start the fight particularly badly. That's the thing. It's not as if she was... Looking for anything, she needs to do something like that. But as I said, the mistake cost her. She lost her balance. She ended up falling to the ground, and then um, obviously Grasso took advantage of it and Bob your uncle, and that's that. She she got submitted, and it's definitely something that she's she's always lacked. I think, and always something that she needed to. It's- it's a shame, mate, because like, obviously we've talked over like the last few years and stuff like that. Like obviously she's a couple of rough um results in terms of like uh decisions and stuff like that, right? But she's now uh six and eight, I think it is, in the UFC. Um not including the ultimate fighter. Um so like she's got a, a losing record in the UFC. So I don't know, mate, like I love Jojo. I think her attitude's great and she she just she strikes me as this one of these wee lassies that just took it up just because and end up loving it. And I mean, she's also very Mai Tai based, you know, very Thai kickboxing based. And, you know, 
that's good, but I think the game's adapting and changing so much now that if she doesn't adapt and change a wee bit with it, she's going to end up getting left behind. Um, worse than what she is, I would say. I love Jojo. I hate talking bad about any Scottish fighter. I really, really do, mate, like genuinely. And she's been one of the ones that's been in it right since I started watching. You know, our, our first our first uh, live event, you know, we've seen her fight and she got robbed that night as well. Um, so I've always loved John, but I don't know, mate. Like, what, what does she do now? What, what's next? Like, what does she do? She, she's on the back of three losses. Okay, the three losses are people who are now going to be, I presume, in the top ten. You, know, you get Santos, who's fifth. You know, you've got Murphy, who just fought for the belt. And obviously Alexa Grasso, who's ninth currently. So she'll probably go up and, you know, leapfrog Joanne Wood. Is Joanne Wood maybe a, a top ten gatekeeper now? Or a top five gatekeeper? Like, what, what does she do? I don't know, it's difficult, mate. Um, it's a difficult... It's difficult to say, to be honest. Like, she's just... Maybe, maybe, maybe... You look at somebody... I can't believe I'm going to say this. Molly McCann. Molly McCann lost a couple of fights through wrestling and stuff like that and kind of realised where deficiencies were in her game. And she went and ironed them out. And fuck, my last... Obviously, London last week, we seen her getting a couple of takedowns. And she clearly went away and worked on it and really worked hard at it and changed that part of her game. Maybe maybe Jojo has to go take a year out and just go take part in some submission grappling contests and stuff like that and just improve that side of things. Even mm-hmm. if she loses them all, she's still going to learn things from there and get better and better. Yeah. And take that in an MMA face. She is very Mai Tai. There's, 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 that's, you watch Jojo and you're, you're basically expecting her basically to fight Mai Tai and nothing else. And maybe... She, Never going to happen. Maybe she does need to go to other gyms because maybe it's just not happening for her where she is. Obviously, her husband she trains with her husband. That's her. That's where she's going to be, and that's where she's going to train for the for foreseeable future. But maybe she yeah. does need to maybe try and work on other aspects, and yeah. not maybe just maybe she does work on these other aspects, and we just don't see it, and we never see it. We get the fruits of labor, and maybe she just isn't improving. I don't want to say these things. I feel bad saying it. I don't know enough it's about not, what she not, does and stuff like that, but. You never see any improvement in that side of their game in the fights. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to say that, mate. I think at the end of the day, you know, people can... She she learned Mai Tai, I presume, from a young age, and she was very good at it, by all accounts, very successful. But sometimes it's harder later in life to learn that new skill. Maybe she is trying to the graph. I mean, look, she's got Roxanne Modafferi at that gym, or did have, I don't know if Roxanne still trains. But Roxanne was very you know, good at grappling and stuff like that, so... You know, she's she's obviously learning for the right people, mate. And that's a class gym run by a very class coach. Um, by all accounts, you know, Jojo's a good fighter. I just, I'm just gutted for her, mate. I'm gutted because I'm also gutted for her because she was that close to getting that title shot, that payday, and Sheva got, I Sheva got injured and she took the Maya fight. And ever since then, mate, I feel like it's just been a a difficult one for Joanne. Like obviously, I know she beat Jessica I, um, but the Maya fight kind of derailed her really and it, it's a shame mate because it, it's I don't really know Ach, I don't know man I'll listen I'll watch her and support her no matter what she does Um, but we'll see what, what's next for Jojo I'm not really sure I can't really put my finger on it she's fought four times since last January maybe now is the time to take that break and just maybe go and try and work on other things or do other things at this moment in time and come back maybe on later on in the year Um, as you said support her too Till the end, of support for Scottish fighters, no matter what, and we'll, we'll bag them up as much as we can. But you look at her record, and she's got eight losses in that record, and five are in by a submission, so she's clearly got something she needs to work on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Okay, moving on. Uh, potential fight of the year. Oh, again, another candidate straight off the bat. Brian Barberena versus Matt the Immortal Brown. Mate, that's just brilliant. Like it was just fucking superb to watch. It was just, it was just class, mate, from start to finish. It um, was, it was just, it was mental. It seemed like it was a slow burn. Like the first round was a bit mental. Second round was a wee bit more mental, and the third round was just pure out mental. Well, it felt, was just. Man, I felt Barbara and I was very slow and get started, and I thought Matt Brown took advantage of that the first round, easy peasy. I thought he won the first round quite comfortably myself. Mm-hmm. Then as the fight went Barbara and I get more and more into the fight and started causing more and more damage. And I think that's maybe how he took the rounds because the damage he was causing was a lot more visible on Matt Brown's face than it was to Barbara as well. Yeah. It's um, just, it was amazing, mate. I mean, look, Matt my, my Brown, mate, 41 years old. Do you know what I mean? Like, 41 years old. Yeah. The guy's a legend, mate. Like, an absolute legend. His first UFC fight, right, was on the UFC 88, unless you include the Ultimate Fighter finale. But even then, UFC 88 in 2008, mate, I think we'd only literally left school a couple of years. And this guy's been fighting yeah, that for a long time. We were like 18, 19 at that point, weren't we? We were fucking babies, basically. Just, it's nuts, mate. The guy's an absolute legend. Um, this was just a, this was all, this, what, that fight, right? I think you can build fights up, you know, before before the weekend, you can say, oh, Blades is going to grapple fucker Grasso. Uh, sorry, Docus. Grasso's probably going to outpoint Jojo, things like that. You can predict things, right? None of those things came to true. But the one thing you could predict would be that Barbarina versus Matt Brown would be a war. And it 100% guaranteed was an absolute war, a brawl. It was always going to be like that. It was never going to be another way. It was just going to be these two guys hitting each other as hard as they could until either the bell went or one of them just went, nah, I've had enough. It was insane. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was class. As you say, it was It was probably one of the fights you've looked at this year at some point and went, ah, that'll be fight of the night. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just like to go, That'll be fight of the night. And it's probably the most obvious fight of the night, but it's been on the card since the start of the year, man. It was absolutely fucking sensational. The two of them, as you say, going hell for leather. Not only seven is a shit you shoot each other. Um, it was just brilliant. Uh, I think that was Barbarena's last fight in his contract as well. And I think he's either talking, look, if I don't get another fight with UFC, I'm fucking done. It's game over. I'm at the, He's retiring. So, yeah. And surely the back of that, man, the fun that Barbarena provides every time he fights, you've got to, yes, you've got to give him another contract because he's just fun to watch. I think, I think, I mean, I totally agree, mate. He's like one of these, I guess, he's like one of these guys that you have to beat for, like, as, as a rite of passage on your way through, and it? it's like he's just one of these hard guys you have to beat. I mean, look who's beat him Colby's beat him, Edwards has beat him, Luke's beat him, Randy Brown's beat him, Jason Witt, you know. A lot of these guys, you know, are good guys that went on, and also Kobe's, you know, one of the best in the world. Leon's should probably get a title shot next. Vicente Luque's up that end, you know, in top end of the sport because they've went through him. Probably because they went through him and went, holy fuck, man, that was like that was hard as ending. Do you know what I mean? Um, I was class. I think he's thirty two as well. By the way, I know I couldn't believe it, mate. See, when I was looking at him, I was looking a wee bit digging around and saying, Matt's forty one. Oh, Barbarena must be a wee bit on, mate. He's 32. He's younger than most of the guys in that division, probably, to be He's fair. younger than us. Aye, well, that wouldn't be that hard, you know what I mean? But, um, I honestly, man, Brown, I really hope he stays. I'd really like him to get another maybe four fight, three or four fight deal. That means we get to see him another four times. Um, I would love that. I think that'd be class. I don't think... 
I don't think Brian Barbarella is going anywhere near, maybe not rankings, maybe maybe sneak into the rankings at some point, but he's nowhere near the title shot or nowhere in the top 10. Well, that's what I'm but, saying. He's maybe like a, a, he's, a, a top 15 gatekeeper as such, maybe like a, yeah, as a right of passage for young guys coming through, right? You want to come through? Well, you've got to go and try and smash Brian Barbarella. You know what I mean? It's that kind of idea. I think that's exactly what he is, mate. And he makes things hard for younger guys. He, he, he makes things hard for the older guys. He just makes life hard for everybody. And, He's just brilliant to watch Brian Barbarella, man. Um, see, for Matt Brown, mate, it was just a, it's a, such a well-put-together fight, mate. It was just, uh, it was fucking brilliant, to be honest. Absolutely yeah. superb. Really enjoyed it. You want to talk about your boy? Kai Kara France, the man I picked. That's he's it. One of yours. He's, he's been, I know, but he's been one of your guys right since the very start, man. You've always loved him. He had a couple of fights, look, he had a couple of fights, obviously, where he lost a couple in a row, and I don't think anybody really knew where he was going, but I think since... Well, you say that, that... right? You say that, right? He lost to Moreno and Royval, right? December 29th and September 2020, and that's... Okay, he's had more losses outside the UFC, so when he signed with the UFC, his record was like 17-7, and which doesn't read great, Right. But now his record's twenty four and nine, so he's seven and two in the UFC. Which I think at the time when he lost his win, I think that's probably what it was at the time. Obviously, well, one. I guess I guess it was. I mean, look what happened. Brandon Moreno beat him, and then Brandon Moreno on felt for the title. Brandon Royval beat him. Now Brandon Royval, I'm sure that was Brandon Royval's debut in the UFC. No, it wasn't. He smashed him early. That's right. He smashed him early. Could he have won like a number one contenders fight after that type thing? I don't. Could it? It could have been classed as that, Brandon Royval. Well, with Moreno at two five five, correct it was. It was pretty much basically a, almost an interim title fight at UFC two five five. Because Figueredo was fighting the uh, was Alex Perez. He choked out Alex Perez in the first yeah. round, and I think the backup fight was basically Moreno versus Roy Val. And then obviously Moreno then went on to fight uh, uh, Figueredo for the belt after it. Do you know what I mean? So I it, it pretty much was. A title fight. So when you look at those results on Cara Francis' record, his record's insane, mate. He's beat De La Rosa, Paiva. I mean, Raleigh and Paiva, that, that one has aged very well. Uh, Tyson Nam, Bontarine, Garbrandt, and Askar Askarov now. His record's ridiculous, mate. Mate, it's, it's very, very good. Um, I said it was a, there was a couple of silly... Not silly, silly is not the right word. There was a couple of unfortunate losses in there that kind of came at the wrong time and that seemed to cause a wee bit of hold-up in his career. Um, But since then, since the Royval fight, he's went three in a row, as you say, beating, knocking out Bontrain, knocking out Cody Garbrandt, the former, obviously, former uh, bantamweight champion who came down to flyweight, but still knocking him out. Then going and beating Askar Askarov, like, don't get me wrong, first round, Askarov won the first round and the issues with that. Um, I thought Ferrero and I think I thought Kai kind of built on that and was absolutely superb at times in the fight and it was just so good to see me. I just he always did this before he came in. Obviously they don't blink. You can knock you out in a fucking second and all that. And he had that before he came into the into the UFC and he kind of lost his way a wee bit with that until the Bunterine fight and then he got two first round knockouts. And he had Askarov a couple of beauties and Askarov done fucking really well. Man, he's got some chin to fucking stand up somewhere he punches it. That Kai Kara France happened with, but he's definitely, as I said, built on the two victories against Bonter and Garbrandt. Beaten, let's be honest, Askar Askarov was a wee bit like Jojo Wood was. The fight was sitting there. The fight was literally sitting there to fight for the winner, fight for the title. I think if 
if Figueredo and Moreno hadn't had been lining up for their fourth fight, mm-hmm. Askar Askarov would be fighting for the title next. He would be the man. He would be the man fighting for that title. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of giving away his title shot here because he's, he's to be fair, Askar Askarov earned the title shot. You know when he beat Pantoja, or never mind beating Benavides. Do you know what I mean? He's he's basically been in line for a title shot since. Moreno's first fight, you know, basically Askarov's basically been the guy and he's just waited patiently. I was disappointed with Askarov, mate. I'm not saying that, I'm not trying to do any disservice to Cara France because I thought Cara, Cara France's um, performance was actually tremendous. I thought he was brilliant, but I don't know. I felt as if Askarov was a bit like rabbit caught in the headlights at times. I know Askarov's quite, uh, sorry, France is quite um, like relentless. He's pressures quite a lot, but I don't know, man. I just I was disappointed by Askarov. I kind of see what you mean, but first round, he kind of, he wore fucking Carafans like a backpack for a fucking like two and a half minutes. Yeah. Um, like, that was superb, and the only thing that was really missing was getting that, that rear naked choke in, and he just couldn't quite get it in, and I mm. thought Carafans' defence was absolutely superb against that, to be honest. Um, Obviously had other moments throughout the fight as well, asking of, so I think was it the best version? Maybe, maybe, maybe Askarov was just a wee bit rusty. Maybe he's no Maybe maybe needed that kind of fight and that's maybe all it was, but I, I think that would take maybe a wee bit away from how good Kai Cara France actually was. Um, was that a year since Askarov fought against Benavidez? Askarov missed weight in that fight, I actually forgot about that. So maybe he was just a wee bit rusty. Maybe he needed, maybe it was a too big a fight against somebody who was surging and going forward as quickly as he was and was in such a high. Yeah. Such confidence as well. And Akai Kara France, maybe that maybe cost Askarov. I don't know. Um I was the overly disappointed in Askarov because I just thought Kai Kara France was better. And I think that's what won it for him in the end. I think his defence as I say was absolutely superb at times against Askarov's takedown and stuff like that. I was really impressed with that. Yeah. Um, I so, Title fight next for him, I think. I like the way the fact they wanted to kind of stick about in the US as well and be back up for the fight in, in July if need be and just says, look, I'll just kick about. Yeah. No, fair enough, fair enough. I just, I think it's definitely going to be him next, but then he might have to wait a while because obviously Figueredo versus Moreno looks like it's going to be the fourth fight in a row, which is a bit mental, Um, but they're going to go again. Um, So, but yeah. Um, Neil Magny... The record, or sorry, joint record wins at welterweight with the one and only GSP. When did you ever think that would happen? We also passed the amount of minutes in the octagon. He passed GSP for that. Something like 34 hours or something ridiculous. That's crazy, man. Um, Look, I thought he started quite slow. I don't think he knew how to deal with Max Griffin in the first round. Max Um, Griffin came out quite... Max Griffin's tough, man. Like he's tough. He's a tough fighter. Like I know Magny had a big reach advantage, and I, overall Magny won it for me. But it was close. But I first round, mate. I think I, he just didn't know what to do with Max Griffin's pressure. Max Griffin just came after him straight off the bat, and I think he's Magny not- was like, "Whoa!" And he was in and out constantly. He was moving about. His movement was fucking mental. And it's like it was as if he was as if he had about four cans of Red Bull before the fight started. Man, he was just fucking hyper as fuck. Yeah, it was mental the way Max Griffin started that fight, and like, Max Griffin was really good first round. Um, then Neil, he seemed to wake up and get into the fight a wee bit more, and then 
won a second round, then won a third round, and that that was that. I don't think there was any really questions that he won that, the kind of two rounds. Obviously, it was a split decision, but for me, I had him winning the second and third round. Quite. So I was quite oh. happy with that result that came out that Magna did win it. Oh, superb, man. He equal that record, and GSP is just absolutely mental. Um, he'll never, sounds hard to say, he'll never fight for a title, but he'll always be about that top 10. He's always a hard guy to beat. He's a proper... He's a proper gatekeeper. He is the gatekeeper at Welterweight Division. Yeah, we've got we're gonna to have to stop saying that. We're gonna to have to come up with a better term for it because I feel it's like all we ever fucking talk about. But no, I, I get I get you. I get you. I, I know what these guys are. It's... I know, I know, I know. Certain um, guys don't get by the top five or by the top ten. Obviously, right. Um Mr. Griffin seemed a bit frustrated. Did you I mean it was close, but did you score at Griffin or did you score at Magni? No, I had Magnus in the third round they won. Yeah. I was just saying, I just, I mean, it was definitely close, I would have said. Um, I was second round, was, it was up to the second round, basically, about one, who about where you gave it. I think it was, there wasn't a lot in it, but yeah, as I say, I gave it to Magnus, so I don't have an issue with the uh, result. result in the end. Um, The last fight on the main card, and I know it's the one you're most looking forward to talking about, Marky Boy. Look, I can understand <laughs> totally why Mark Diakese done what he did. Um, it's weird, man. You've got two guys there who are high, high-level kickboxers. But Mark Diakese is also a mixed martial artist. And he used that. He realised, well, our wrestling's probably a bit better than his. So, fuck it. Why don't I try it and get a bash? And see, once he got him done as early as he did in the first round, that was a way to victory all the way. And Bosch you... didn't have a clue how to deal with it. Well, that was that's, that stems on to my next question. Have you ever seen a fighter look so lost more than Borshev looked? I'm sorry. We probably have, but I can't even think of that in my head. Like, wow, man. As soon as Giacchese took him down, Borshev's basically just sitting there going, no, but it was just nuts, man. Nuts. A Russian who can't wrestle, like, even a wee bit. Like, I'm not saying, like, I'm not trying to compare it to Khabib or Makhachev or even the big fucking crazy Russian we've seen earlier in the card. But he can't wrestle at all. That's mental, mate. Maybe he can wrestle, but maybe he can't wrestle off his fucking back. Yeah, maybe he can't get up. Maybe that's something that he's, he's seriously lacking. Um, I say seriously lacking, I'm totally lacking. Because he didn't have a fucking clue what to do at times. It was... I bet this is why these fights at both shows went, yeah, Casey, smashing, man. He likes to have fun. He likes to fucking go for knockouts, stuff like that. I know you like a kickboxing. That'll sit me right down to the ground. Aye. Shit. Fuck, I'm on my back. What the fuck's he doing? Aye. Did not expect it, man. Um, don't get me wrong, it bored me to tears eventually. Like, I went first round and went, fair play, Mark. That's your way to victory. And then after so often, I went, right, okay. Mate, where's the fast forward button? Let's fucking get on with us. Nah, it, was, it wasn't good, mate. It wasn't good. He had a blueprint to victory and he followed it bang on, mate, and got the win. And a win's a win, as we keep saying at that level. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay, I granted, if you're wanting to, you know, make a name for yourself, you go and spark somebody. But if you need to ground them, if you need to grind in that and do that for 15 minutes to get a win, it's probably good for JK to go 15 minutes as well. Um, I know he's been, you know, full full distance a lot, but you know, it's still good for him to go fifteen hard minutes. I mean, that was fifteen hard minutes. You know what I mean? So, I uh, class um, wasn't the greatest thing to watch in the world, but it is what it is, mate. Definitely not, man. 
before we move on, I just wanted to mention that your favourite fight on this card got cancelled at the last minute, and I know you were really gutted about that. Um, Mate, I was devastated. I seen Neil Magny walk on and going, what the fuck happened to the fucking Latifi fight? I was looking forward to his neck game fucking ringed. What happened there? Yeah, so that got cancelled last minute, so I just had to mention that. Um, okay, let's do our usual special mentions only on the prelims. Um, anything particularly standing out to you? Mate, I think, well, to finish you straight off the bat, um, they're obviously the easy ones to talk about. That Kizriev is fucking mental. <laughs> we mentioned it last week, like, when he's picked or something like on topology. And went, he looks fucking off his trolley, man. He's absolutely fucking tuned to the moon, I think. Um, but I, he's... The fact that he wants to get down to welterweight as well, he said after his fight, look, I'm carrying a bit of chopper in the belly, I need to get down to fucking welterweight. Mate, he yeah. has gone into a problem at welterweight if he keeps fighting like that. I did think that. I thought to myself, this boy, this boy at welterweight will be a savage if he can get that weight down. Um, I don't know. There's a picture on him of, of an topology on, if you click on his page, with him and his team. Um, uh-huh. And he looks a lot svelter. Um, if that's him at welterweight, Sign me up. Buy me a ticket. I'm on the train. What there before? Does it say? Um, I would. I can have a look through and check. But um, I well, there you go. Contender series was middleweight, but he's Fight Night Global. He won the welterweight championship at Fight Night Global. He's always looks like he's always kind of fought at welter. Um, yeah, yeah it looks like he's felt on that picture, doesn't he? Oh, so yeah. In 2015, he smashed him in the first round at lightweight. I'm not surprised. Lightweight. I mean, he's only five foot nine, mate. Five foot nine middleweight. Adesanya would just sit on top of him. <laughs> I don't think he would, to be honest. But... That's not what I meant. Adesanya would probably just keep him at range. Adesanya, one of Adesanya's arms is the same length as that guy, so it'd be, it'd be fine. Um, yeah, I, I think that a welterweight Kizriev kind of gives me the fear a bit. But yeah, I thought it was a good performance, mate. He was. He's, he's definitely got that Russian kind of style of, you know, take down and then wrap the legs and then Class the legs underneath his own, uh, in his own legs. It was it was savage, mate. But I would also say he fucking smashed Tolan with a couple of fucking beauties as well, and he stood up well to the punches. Listen, so there was a moment got, where there was a moment where Tolan, aye, there was a moment where I thought Tolan would might actually get him because Kizriev didn't look particularly comfortable getting. My God, I'm actually going to say he didn't look get comfortable getting punched in the face. Nobody looks comfortable, but you know what I mean. Like he, he didn't, he didn't look as if he was handling it particularly well. Like fuck, I'm getting punched in the face, man. He didn't look like he he was very good at dealing with it. Um, but as some guys, I don't know. But listen, mate. Um, aye, same it's me It's mental that this is his fifth fight that's been organised for his UFC debut, and he's never made his date. It's taken over a year. Year and six months to make his debut in the UFC. Wow, that's fucking mental, man. Obviously, the fights against Turman, Dorcas, the Shiriko, and Magomedov all get ca- uh, cancelled. So, mental oh, mess that I he has a he could be an absolute prospect that that welterweight if he can. I think it'd be easily get down to welterweight to be honest. So, yeah, you think he should be able to? A uh, picture of me looks class at welterweight. So, we'll see. Um, Chris Gutierrez was getting smashed. Yeah, I thought I thought Denial looked decent as well. I thought he looked really good. Um, but then, then sometimes it's just that one shot, mate. I mean, look at who was at Buckley against Kasanganai, just like yeah. a pure fish, or even Jamal Hill against Walker. Sometimes it's just that one shot and that's it. Look, um, Dana was 
probably bossing that, I would have said, and your man Gutierrez with a spinning backfist. I mean, it was the most, it was savage, man. Savage. It was brilliant, mate. It was absolutely superb. Um, bit disappointed they had to go in for the grounding pound with your fucking elbows because it's nothing better than a walk off. That would been absolutely superb, but a walk off, do you know what I mean? But um, no, it was a superb knock out for Gutierrez, man. Great win, to be honest, because back there was only going one way. Background was going one way, man, and he is a very, so very good. So is Gutierrez, mate. Gutierrez is undefeated in the UFC. 100%, mate. But I think, on your goal, sorry. I think the top was probably more about Dana Background going somewhere, probably, and Gutierrez. I think Gutierrez was kind of doing things a wee bit kind of under the radar as such and just getting on with his job and getting these wins under his belt, whereas Dana seemed to be getting a wee bit more hype behind him, so obviously. Here's a, here's a, Here's a fight for you, right? I was thinking about who I want to see him fight next, and I was thinking Gutierrez should probably fight somebody ranked. But you and I said this last week when we were talking about somebody from UFC London. So what about Jack Shore versus Chris Gutierrez? Don't have any issues with that. Do not have any issues with that at all, my man. Um, or you just get get it to them and get them, get it to them ranked fights and then get them in the rankings to fight each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got guys at the bottom of that division. Do you know what I mean? Okay, Marais just fought, I think. But you've got Ricky, as we said last week, you've got Edgar, Ricky Simon, a Sunshine guys like that who could easily fight. You know, soon. So, um, I'd love to see. I love to see Ricky. I'd love to see Chris Gutierrez and Jack Shaw both get a ranked fighter. But just because we were talking about Jack last week, I was like, oh, that would be a good. Would actually no, be a good fight. But back to end this fight, man. Be a great fight. Anything else on this card? Worth mentioning? Obviously, a couple of close results. Um. You and I talked about Vorak Nikolau. I kind of scored at Dvorak, but Nikolau got the nod. It wasn't horrendous. Just one of the ones. It was close. Um, no, I'd, pro- I'd probably just a Nikolau myself. Yeah. Um, personally, I think he probably done more damage in shots more than anything else. I think I'd probably get the win for him in the end, for me anyway. I thought Fioro, or Fior, I can't, don't know how you pronounce it, Fioro, um, she was superb. She was really good, mate. Um, she showed her class, I think, and her kickboxing and stuff like that was absolutely superb, man. A couple of takedowns she got as well um, were really, really good, man. So, aye, um, I was impressed. Definitely impressed. I liked the, I liked the Chikagian fight just because I wanted to see Chikagian get her arse handed to her, but... Again. Aye. I would like that too. Alrighty, overall, decent night. It was alright. There was some good bits. There was some shite bits. Again, it's just your typical UFC card. Yeah. Well, aye, it's a, it was a, it was an average event, shall we say. There was some really good stuff, high, high-level stuff. And then there was some, I'm going to go make a cup of tea and come back in 15 minutes type stuff. So, yeah, yeah it wasn't like great. A, it, was, it was decent. Like a, maybe a two, a two out of five or a two and a half out of five kind of part. Maybe push it to two and a half. Yeah, cool. All righty. Now, this one's going to be difficult because I have seen nothing of this because it's behind a paywall and I don't know why I felt begrudged to pay 25 quid for something that's always free with one championship. Now, fair enough, listen, they've got to make money somehow. I don't know, like every single event, where we come from in the UK, obviously you get one championship pretty much for free all the time. And the fact that they put like three fights of this or four fights of this behind a pay card was frustrating, shall we say. I think I was just more annoyed that I, that I went to watch it. I mm. paid 25 quid. I went, fuck right off. What the fuck happened to you? I never, see if I knew about it before the event. Like a week before or something like that, a few days before, and I kind of went, uh-huh. aye, right, okay, fair enough, blah, blah, blah. But 
that's why I went to press play on it, and then like, twenty five pound, please. And I mean, um, no, you're all right. No, you're all right. Thanks very much. I'll try to catch um, it as well. I, I, I was I was really pissed off that it kind of struck on me because I kind of really wanted to watch Ashgard, man. I was desperate to watch Ashgard. Yeah. So, I know you haven't seen much of it or any of it, have you? There's only one thing that I've seen on this card. Mm-hmm. Ben Ed versus Andre Galval. And Derrida basically get ridden <laughs> for... <laughs> For fifty uh, for twelve minutes, nine minutes. Like, I, 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 it's one of those ones. If this was an MMA fight, yeah, did I do fair play? You hung with him. You stayed in there. You didn't get submitted. But for me, it was an MMA fight. Galval won the fight all day long, man. It was domination. Domination, I mean, um, it was it was quite substantial domination, to be honest. Um, so don't get me wrong. Dredder gave it good as he got at times. He did he did get the better as well at times and he was able to kinda of, kinda of get up for Galval's um grappling and stuff like that. But uh, you could just tell the difference with Galval, man, he's fucking superb. I no, definitely. I mean he's a world champion, he's one of the best in the world, so I don't doesn't I don't doubt it at all. Um I haven't seen any of this to be fair. I don't even, we're just gonna kinda gonna talk through it. I've read some stuff. Um gutted for John Parr losing um, to Edward Folliang. Um, Last John, fight as well, went and chucked up, didn't he know? Aye, Wayne Parr. I mean, listen, he's an absolute legend, mate. There was something, he's got like 100 fights or something, that was like fight 100 or something like that. Fucking mental, mate. It's something like he's got, he's got, uh, he's fought like 100 times or something, which is just ridiculous, but listen, fair play him. Um, obviously, there was two belts, on, or several belts on the line, some of them were um, Mai Tai, um, Obviously, we mentioned uh, Nicky Hoskin. Hos- I can't remember his Hoskin. name. Uh, him, we mentioned him last week, and he got pumped and all. Uh, by How are you getting that in the second round? You got a punch. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk about what we actually probably can talk about by reading stuff. Adrian Omarais defending the... Fuck. I can't remember what the belts are. I never remember. Submission guillotine choke of Yuya Wakamatsu. Um, I don't think there was any doubt here, really, to be honest, was there? Nah, you had to fancy Adriano going into it, to be honest. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely not surprised that he came away with his belt, um, came away with his title intact, to be honest, and he then moves on, possibly, to see what's next and see what's next up for him. Well, maybe another fight against DJ, maybe. Well, obviously, DJ won his special rules belt with uh, Rudtang. Um, I think... If you'd asked any person in all the MMA how this fight would go and go, I think most people would have went, well, I reckon probably a submission in the second round. Um, yeah. I think that was probably the way for... That was obviously the way for DJ to win the fight because that's not things. He's not an MMA fighter, so he's not got that wrestling, that jiu-jitsu that DJ has got, which DJ is very, very good at. So that yes, was yes. always going to, that has got to be the way to victory for DJ the whole time, and eventually that's what happened, and he got his... He got his rear naked choke in the second round. I've seen it, man. It looks pretty. I've seen the pictures anyway. It looked pretty fucking tight, man. He wasn't hanging about with Rod Tang anyway. He was definitely fucking trying to put him to sleep. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people have had a lot of good things to say about Rod Tang because obviously the first um, fight of the round was class and he, he he held off, you know, to almost the, the third round. You know what I mean? It was 45 seconds to go in the second round that the choke came in, but... Everybody, everything I've seen about this, everybody is just saying DJ is the best martial artist on the planet by a mile. 
the fact that he was willing to take this on, go three-minute hard round against possibly the best kickboxer in the world at that weight class. I mean, you're talking about an absolute legend in Rotang. Um, absolute crazy as well. No, I mean, just been a legend. He's fucking mental. And DJ went, you know, kind of toe-to-toe with him. Um, and I think that just shows how good DJ is um, and how much MMA, well, how much we miss him, really, at watching him in the UFC, if I'm honest. 100%. Like he's, he's definitely, with, without doubt, one of the best all-round mixed martial artists in the world. He's sensational. Um, it's a bit of a shame that he's not fighting in the UFC anymore just because of the skill level and the quality that he's got. But um, it's just one of these things at the time that <sighs> DJ didn't, didn't... His face probably didn't suit in the UFC for some reason and out yeah. the door he went. So. Yeah. Okay, the main event, Angela Lee defending her belt against Stamp Fairtex. Um, for me, this could have really went either way. I was, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have been, I wasn't massively shocked that Angie won it. Um, Stamp had a chance, probably slightly would have edged if you asked me to. I probably would have picked Angie Lee, um, to maintain. Um, but yeah, made short work it as well, round two. Yeah, I'd have probably picked Angie Lee as well. I, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I think that maybe that we better. Uh, that wee bit of extra experience she's got, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, fighting for the for the belts and stuff like that, or defending her belt, or defending her belt for, for that second. How's that a second defense? It's not. She won it. Um, she won it against. Uh, oh no, she did. It was her second defense. She defended it against Ying Nan Zhong, uh, twenty nineteen. Oh, that was strong. She won away. She won away back in twenty eighteen. Yeah, sorry. Just I was I was looking at that. I didn't realize it said strawberry. I just thought, what, what happened there? I've got confused. I don't one championship was like waiting classes. It does my tits in at the best of times. She um, won that way back. She won that way back in twenty sixteen, mate. She's had she's held it for six years. <laughs> that's mental, man. Yeah. Um. I I thought that wee bit experience probably would be enough just to over the line. Also, stamps stamps on stuff quite young and it's just so. She'll yeah. be back. She'll be back. No doubt. We'll see this fight again at some point in the near future. I would have thought. I would, have, I would have thought so. I would have thought so. Okay, moving. Oh, before I move on again, because I'll do this. I move on, and then you jump back in and make me look like a twat. So, you no, off. I can't remember anything else for the weekend that I've yeah. not seen yet. If you know what I mean. I'm glad. Okay, right. Let's move on um, to this weekend. Now, with there being no UFC, it gives me Mark a chance to talk maybe a bit more about um, some British MMA, which we do cover, but maybe not always much as we would like to. So there's two cards being held by Cage Warriors, which is a UK-based MMA promotion, if you don't know. Um, available on the Fight Pass, so if you are awake, then watch it, because the quality is always good. Um, one, on Friday, one on Friday night, one on Saturday night. Um, yeah, is there anything particularly jumping out at you on these cards, mate, that you want to talk about? Well, the first one, one, three, five, isn't exactly stacked. I think that's probably um, there's bits and pieces on it and stuff. I had with Liam Gittins is probably a decent fight. Pasquale um, McBain's a good fight. Yeah, I was going to say that Scotland's very own Paul McBain's on it against uh, Federico Pasquale. That should be good. Um, a few polls on it here and there, stuff like that. Um, there's some decent stuff on it, mate. It will be some decent stuff. Are you Dean Truman as well? Who's Bit of legend in Cade Warriors terms, really, man. He's been out of the box for a long, long time, Dean Truman. Um, did he not hold... Uh, he held one of the belts, did he not? Was it one I think, five I think, he had? 
Yeah, I think did he not win it and then lost it the next time around or something? I can't mind. I can't. I can't mind. Um, he beat. I, I'm sure he beat Aiden Lee. Remember, and he was supposed to fight Soren back. I he dropped it. That's what happened. Remember, he was supposed to fight. He was supposed to fight back for the belt, and he dropped the belt. And then I'm sure back won the belt on the same night against somebody else. I'm sure. Well, I'll see if that's right. I've got some memory, man. That's mental. Um, I hope you're right. There you go. Boom. Oh no, that was for the interim. I fought for the interim belt. That's what happened. Um, and then I think he might have got upgraded. Um, right. Soren back. Something like that. But I regularly remember Team Truman was supposed to fight Soren back and Truman get injured. So Soren back then fought Morgan Shari. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, Dean Truman's a bit of a legend, mate. He's had a couple of tough tough beats. He he he, he was the one that got fed to Mads Burnell when Mads Burnell came back um, after his stint in the UFC. He kind of got fed to... Uh, to Mads, and then obviously lost to Morgan. Obviously, that that's kind of aged well that defeat because Morgan's obviously been on him being a champ. And then last year he lost to Hardwick, and we know how good the Hardwick brothers are this just now. So he's his losses have all kind of aged well, to be fair. Or his last three losses anyway. So he's a bit of a legend. That should be a good fight. He's fighting a guy who's seven and oh, um, Giuseppe Ruggeri, which will be good. Yeah, it should be good, man. It should be a decent little fight. Um, Obviously, the main event on this is Daniel Skibinski versus journalist Justin Burlinson. Um Justin was a... He fought in a contender series not long ago. Lost his fight. Uh, it was actually yeah. the only loss of his professional record. So, um, Blunt to bounce back in Cage Warriors and make a bit of a name from selling Cage Warriors. I think there's a couple of fights in Bellator already. Did I read, read that correctly? Perhaps. Um, so... I fought Bellator Newcastle and brought a Bellator 223 in 2019. Um, won at Cage Warriors 124, actually, and then eventually like, he was 5 0 at that point, got his contender series fight and lost that fight in the first round. We're not, I get knocked out in the first round. So um, coming back, maybe try to get to the UFC through different means. Um, we look to maybe push on, maybe get the 170 belt possibly and get signed up to the. The big leagues, yeah, be that way. Aye, um, I don't think they've got a champion at 170 just now, have they? So, obviously, that was Ian Gary's one tap. Ian Gary left, aye. So, they'll be looking for a new champion soon, Cage Wells. So, imagine, so I'd imagine Justin Bullison or something where they'll, they'll try and build a wee bit of a wee bit of height behind and push them forward, maybe towards that, uh, that title at some point. I'm really looking forward to watching Paul McBain. Um, I remember watching him against James Hendon and being gutted because he made that remember he made that mistake just that one mistake and it kind of cost him but he came back against Conman Day and smashed him um, I'm really looking forward to seeing Paul Paul's a really good fighter really good level um, so that'll be really good he is a very good fighter um, as you say that the two fights he's lost Aiden Lee's obviously fighting the Bellator which is a different level now also lost that fight against James Hendon which was unfortunate but not totally bad losses, do you know what I mean? Um, so, going against this 6 0 Italian um, could be interesting. Never heard of him, don't know a lot about him. Um, looks a bit mental, but he's a wee picture. Um, yeah. So, aye, it'll be an interesting fight for Paul. Probably a tough fight, but yeah, I've got positivity that he could come through it in the end. What about the Saturday night? Um, it certainly does on the face of it look like a much more exciting card. No disrespect to the guys on the Friday, um, but the Saturday night certainly does seem to have some more stuff on it, doesn't it? 
Well, I think it's just put a title fight on things. I think that definitely gives it a wee bit more of a... Mate, that, that, that co-main is insane. Aaron Abbey versus Gerardo Fanny. That's insane. It's a great fight, mate. Yeah, a, there's, I would say there's some, definitely some better stuff on this on the Saturday night anyway than there's a Friday night. This Friday night's just a wee bit of a warm-up for the Saturday night. Yeah. Some great fights. Again, guys, if you're not watched Cage Wars, you really should, especially if you sign up to the Fight Pass. It's free on the, it's on the Fight Pass. If you've got the Fight Pass, watch it. There's no reason you can go back and watch it as well. Um, obviously, there's a bit of Scottish interest on this as well. Reese McEwen making his Cage Warriors debut. Reese is a bit of a... He was a bit of an amateur. You know, he was seven and one in the amateurs uh, in Scotland and stuff like that. And he's uh, a lot of talk about him. Um, I'm really excited to see him fight. I've never seen him fight myself personally um but really excited to see him fight so that gives us something even extra to be invested in definitely I heard a lot about him and stuff like that through the, the amateurs and then obviously had his three wins in EOC as well and then that unfortunate loss um but he's now signed with Cage Warriors so um I good luck to Reese man I really hope he gets uh gets that victory on Saturday night and pushes forward in his career man because he's a good up and comer man so it should be good I can't wait to watch him as you say um that'll be good to watch him yeah. Alrighty. Um, it's your favourite time of the show. It's time for the news. Okay, dokie. Once my page disappears because this is running and slows around the jail for some reason. Um, bits and pieces, not loads, but not nothing either. Um, I think we mentioned a couple of weeks back that Aspen lad was fighting Irene Aldana. We thought it was a pretty tough fight for Aspen. Um, yeah. That has now been changed. Irene is out, and she will now fight Raquel Pennington, which will be interesting because I think it'll be very grappling heavy that fight, or not? It could be. Oh, Rocky Rocky Pennington versus Aspen Lads a good fight, man. Um, so that'll be US two thousand seventy three. So that's only that fact. That's next week, so week Saturday, not? Mm-hmm. So Rocky's going in, can I? Last minute there, so fair play for taking that fight um, last minute, because um, that's, you know, Aspen lads are good up and coming as well, so we'll see up and coming, but it's just sitting fourth or something like that in the Bantamweight rankings. High fourth and Rocky's seventh, so Rocky's definitely got a chance. She's taking a chance, taking a chance in the fight as such and trying to move forward in a division, I suppose, Rocky as well, isn't she? So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, somebody else who's taking a massive fight, it, it, it's a massive jump for me and I think maybe I'm not saying it's too far a jump I think it's probably the perfect fight if he is going to take that jump Sean Strickland versus Alex Pereira yeah that, they're definitely pushing Alex Pereira mate that's for sure they're just determined to get that fight with Izzy back aren't they they just want to put it in against Izzy yeah. um, it's, it's, they're definitely trying to force it um, I mean it's a big jump for the guy a big jump to go from fighting Andreas Michalidis and Bruno Silva to fighting Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland's an animal. Um, but listen, we'll see. We'll see. I've got no doubt he's obviously a good fighter, Alex Pereira. I mean, he must be. He's got, you know, 33 wins in kickboxing. John, one of them's over Izzy Adesanya. So, um, Maybe somebody yeah. like Sean Strickland who's just actually going to stand there and bang me with somebody that was something down to the ground. Yeah, yeah. It might, mate. It might. It might. You know, you're bang on there. You've maybe nailed it right in the head. Um um, he's actually beaten Adesanya twice, Pereira. So I know he's knocked him out, and that's the big thing. But he's beaten Adesanya twice. Um, but I beat Dustin Jacoby as well. 
Ah, yeah. Um, no, one. Oh, looks like Casey O'Neill will get a shot against Jessica I at UFC 276. Seen that, man. I seen that, man. That's, in, that's interesting. Um, that's a proper, you know, I mean, it's not a massive jump for Casey. She's only two points, two, two ranking space behind I, but it's another up and class opponent. You know, it's the next level, I think, Jessica I. So, yeah, she, she's doing the right thing. She's taking it slow, small steps. I like that, you know. They obviously see Casey as a bit of a name, by the way. They obviously see her somebody they can really push forward. The fact that they put her own at a national fight week as well, which is which is good. Um, I'm guessing if not, it'll be if it's not on the main card, it'll at least be on the kind of main prelims as such. Do you know what I mean? So definitely someday, I think maybe they'll try to push Casey forward, which is always good news. I liked it. Obviously, the way she reacted after the last fight against Roxanne after it, with a wee bit of aggro and stuff like that, and a wee bit of giving a go to the crowd. Yes, you love that kind of thing. So. Yeah, they do. Do you not feel a wee bit gutted though? Like, obviously, look at Fioro. Or Fioro's obviously fought Jennifer Meyer at the weekend, and it will now be ranked top five, I would imagine. And Casey's just taking her time. You you wanted these two girls to cross paths at some point and hopefully fight, and at the moment it doesn't look like that. Um, I just kind of feel a bit gutted for Casey that it's a wee bit slower for her. I mean, I know she's happy with that, but I, I, I'm not sure. I feel like she has a fight behind. Man on Furio now after that fight against Maya, that was that was a big jump from where Furio was to Maya, whereas it seems to be more maybe two or three positions that Casey seems to be taking instead of the the massive whatever it was with eight or nine positions it looks like my uh, Furio's yeah. probably jumped now. I mean it's not Furio's fault. Furio was supposed to fight Jessica I two weeks ago. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's as whereas I obviously had to um she was Drew, so then obviously Furio was given Maya. Um, and Fioro's taking the chance. So same thing could happen, you know, you never know. It might, I could end up injured and, you know, Casey ends up maybe fighting somebody like, you know, Talia Santos or Viviana Rojo or something stupid like that. So, I mean, it could happen. So I'm, I'm okay with, um, you know, O'Neill taking her time. I'd, I'd rather get the wins under her belt. I'd rather a step up in competition because you look at everybody above that top 10, they're all difficult fights for Casey, mate. Grasso, Lee, Arojo, Santos, Maya, Murphy, Chukagian, Andraj. I mean, I didn't mention Joanne Wood because I don't want to see the two Scots fighting because I couldn't have picked that. So, um, but you know, I mean, it's, there's, there's definitely fights there. Definitely, mate. Um, as I say, take your time and just go on with it because, um, let's be honest, I'm not saying there's no rush to get to Sheva, but there's no rush to get to Sheva. No, absolutely not. Um, just do things as you're doing and just keep going, and then eventually you'll. You'll get that title fight against Sheva. I've got absolutely no doubt about that. That Casey O'Neill will eventually fight for that title at some point. Yeah. Um, what else have we got? Oh, that's a bit fun, man. Brazil versus Argentina. Same time you go Ponzinibbio versus Michel Pereira. Um, oh, that's, my God. That's <laughs> set up for the end of me, mate. That, that is going to be absolutely tremendous. That is, an <laughs> that is just that, going to be brilliant. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I can't wait for that, man. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> it's better to think, obviously, Pereira's been kicking a bit a wee while and stuff like that. He's had quite a lot of fights, and this is now him getting a, a fighter ranked, basically. I think supposedly he was sitting 14th or something like that. Yep, correct. Whereas you look at, um, obviously, is Alex Pereira went to it a minute ago? 
he's fucking jumping up and fighting fourth or fifth rank. Do you know what I mean? So it's mental after only two fights. It's mental the jump that the difference between the two Pereiras and how obviously things are going. But look, because Michel, he's fought really well, man. He's been he's been decent. Obviously, he's been totally different in certain fights. Um, so aye, that's 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 about a fight and a half. But man, I won't fall to that. We're absolute beauty. That will be a beauty, mate. Um, well, so we got um. Like by Alexander Romanov on this show. I think the big man's a fucking bit of a fighter. He will now yeah. face Tanner Bosa at the end of April. Um, I think Bosa was supposed to fight Nascimento. So, um, that's a, a better fight, I think, than the fucking original yeah. fight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Probably not the level that, you know, Romanov wants to be fighting at, but it's a decent fight. Is he Is he the polar bear? I always get confused. Uh, no, the other boy's a polar bear, as you know. Oh, I King. He's King Kong. I always get them mixed up. King Kong is Alexander Romanov. So who's the who's, who's the polar, polar bear again? The two of them they look very similar. And they fight very similar. Everything's very similar. I think we just keep keeping confused. Sergey Spivak. Ah, that's what it is. Um, Sergey Spivak. I, I, I actually feel a bit for both of them because something tells me that Big Romanov's just going to fucking get him when he goes to punch. Fuck him. But we'll wait and see what happens. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Um. Let's go Bellator. I think that's all I've got left there, actually. A couple of Bellator announcements. Um, MVP was also fight, fight for the title against Amazov in London. Yeah. Um, that fight will now not happen because yeah. uh, but Amazov's obviously um, going to stay behind Ukraine and help basically defend his country. It's just right. nobody can argue any way, shape or form about that and good luck to him and hopefully everything's brand new and he gets out of safe and stuff like that and always good and we'll get them back in the cage at some point yep. um, but now we have Logan Storley who will step up and fight for the interim belt against MVP in London um, which I think is a decent wee fight by the way I think that I'll maybe fight. I think that'll be a tough tough fight for MVP style as well um, Storley's only he's 13-1 he's only got one loss and that came in a split decision against Amosov so um, I oh. That's a that's a tough fight for MVP again. Um Amosov was hard enough, but I think Logan Stover but a tough fight as well. Um we also have Gegard Masasi. Looks like he's gonna be keeping busy as he wants to do. So he's now going to be fighting Johnny Eblen for uh in the middle of June. Right. So, looking forward to that. I think Johnny's eleven and or something, I think he's unbeaten his career as well. Yeah. Um I mean could Achieving, achieving cheat code. I love and always poor career. A couple of finishes recently and stuff like that as well. So, um, just lining up another one for Gay Gardello, probably, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of the best other mixed martial artists on the fucking planet. I mean, didn't fucking Bellator, so. Correct. Um, and we've also got uh, Bellator's going back to Hawaii. Um and Liz Carmouche will fight Juliana Velasquez for the flyweight championship. Um, I've seen a few fights announced for that. I can't remember. I've not got. I've not got them written down. I really should have written them down. But I've seen a few fights for that, and it's looking like not a bad card. There's quite a few guys want on it and stuff like that. So is that um, two seven nine? Two seven eight. Or two seven nines in Hawaii as well. Why is that? You know, because. I knew the last year McFarlane was fighting in Hawaii. She's fighting on the side. She's fighting on the cyborg card. 
Ah, right, okay. She's not got a belt anymore, has she? No, she dropped it to Velasquez, was it not? Oh, fuck I. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, she that's the, the highest order there. Yeah, that's the, the one of the bantamweight, because I'm sure um, Sergio Pettis is out. Is he out? Sergio Pettis is out, so um, yeah, Arcalette is fighting Ralphie and Stotts for the interim bantamweight championship. Well, I know, I know. Because they've got a, they've got to get that Grand Prix, mate. They have to give them something to fight for, don't they? Yeah, that's true, my man. That's true. Um, other bit of Bellator, back to Dublin in September. Um, mm-hmm. twice. This year, that Bellator will visit Dublin. Um, last time in 2019, obviously, due to COVID and stuff, over the last couple of years, it's not been... Um, easy to do, they know they like going to Dublin, they've got a massive kind of fan base over in Dublin, Bellator, so um, yeah. they're buzzing to get back there. Um, I think Sinead Cabin and Peter Quayley have obviously been announced for it already, there's no there's no official fights been announced for them yet, but you know the two of them will be on that card and the two will be fun fights anyway, whoever they get in the end. Um, only last thing, we'll finish with BFL. Mm-hmm. So, BFL have kind of released their, their timetable for a year and stuff like that. I think there's two cards in April, one in May, stuff like that. Then I think it's June for the next kind of three. Then obviously do they six, they do like six events, stuff like that. So obviously depending on where it is. Yep. So the card on the twentieth of April has been announced. Yep. On the main card, Rushman Field will fight former UFC fighter Don Madge. Yep. Um, Annie Pettis is also on it. He's fighting Miles Price. And Antonio Carlos Jr., who is the light heavyweight champion, I believe, at this moment in time, if I'm correct. Yeah. We'll fight Dylan Monte. Jeremy Stevens is on this as well. He'll fight Clay Collard, which I think will be an absolute fucking beauty of a fight, to be honest. Yes, it will. Um, I can't see that going out of can see that going out the first round. I can see somebody getting extra points for that one. Mm, yeah. So um that'll be That'll be a decent main card. There's also a few things in the prelims, I think, maybe to look forward to. Um, Stevie Ray's on it, Scotland's very own, making his PFL debut against Alexander Martinez. Um, nice. That'll be decent. You've also got Omar Agmedov on the card, Martin Hamlet. That's a big Norwegian boy you like, isn't it? Yep, but he's about fucking eight foot tall. Uh, that big, that big lanky guy. Um, and also... Well, I've heard a rumour, well, no, this is true. Um, Nathan Schultz obviously re-signed with PFL. Um, mm-hmm. So we need a fight for him. Olivier Aubin-Mercier, who obviously is a former UFC fighter as well, is on this card but doesn't have a fight at this moment in time. So you reckon that's the rumour? That seems to be the the talk that could be that they'll make the Aubin-Mercier versus Nathan Schultz fight that night as well. So for an opening night, for an opening event for the year for PFL, I think that looks fucking sensational, to be honest, mate. Doesn't it? Totally agree. That looks like a very, very, very good cut. So, um, I good luck to PFL. I like the PFL. We quite like the format here as well. So, um, I'm looking forward to it, man. Cool. Is that you? That's me, my man. Fantastic. Right. Well, thank you as always for listening, guys. Um, we do appreciate it. Get us on the socials: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Inside Cage MMA. And usual, if you listen on Spotify, gonna give us a rating. That would be really, really class if you could. Have a good week, and we'll catch you next time.